Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 253. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me here in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, here at the Casa de Cold Coffee on a Thursday afternoon, January wrapping up, but I'm telling you, I look outside out here in the expansive Casa <laughs> de Cold Coffee grounds out here. The sun is shining. It's uh, I don't know, about 60 degrees or so out yeah, there, you know. The real feel, fit, uh, 62. It says it's 57, yeah. but it definitely feels like in the 60s. You know, maybe a little chill in the air. Enough, enough, oh, for, enough for a guy good. like me, a Texan, to put a coat on. Enough put for, a jacket over top of your shorts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a buck guy like you is just rolling around in a nah, T-shirt. We're good. We're good. I saw somebody uh, today when I was out uh, running some air and saw a guy that was – I don't know if he was trying to exercise, but he was just in t-shirt and shorts. I was like, "Look at you, bro!" I Strong. was like, "You are going going hard," but then I was like, "I bet he's running, so he's probably warm." I was like, "But." I was just like, I, that was a strong play. I was like, this this guy is willing the summer to come back early. I'm telling you, man, you can't beat it. Life in Las Vegas is good. I mean, this is a nice time. Listen, of the year. we got we got beautiful weather here. It does get a little hot in the summer. I'll give you that, but it does. We don't have to deal with winter. The the there's no state income tax. You know, it's true. You know, we got cost of living's not too bad. It's a good. I'm just saying, it's a good, good place to be. Good food, great restaurants, entertainment. Yeah. We were I'm just talking about that early. Like you know, when you're in some places, you're, you're kind of limited. You know, you might have one or two little small restaurants that is different from the norm and that everybody sort of gravitates oh, to. No. But besides that, it, it's it's your Red Lobsters, it's your Olive Gardens. <laughs> you know, I always joke because you know around holiday times is when my family always sends the the restaurant gift cards, which. Thank you, family. I love them dearly. I appreciate it. You know, the only time I ever go to Outback is after I get one of these cards. <laughs> but we do actually have an Outback here. But it's funny, you know. Yeah, there's a decent steakhouse or two around there's, the town. There's there's a few steakhouses you can go to, and you know, and even just like the the different types of food. You know, whether you want Mexican or Asian food or whatever. They I might mean, not have blooming onion though. Uh, that's true. I've been, you know, instead of the blooming, onion, I get the the I forget what they call it, but it's just like the petals. The onion petals. So instead of like the big massive, right. if you don't want the full blooming onion, you can ask for. I think it's like the petals. Look Great. I don't. I don't go there enough to <laughs> actually know what the real name is. But you can ask for something less, and it's good. It's they're like almost like little onion French fries Look sort of that. deal or something. So yeah, fancy. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But it, uh, yeah, I mean, the the steak is not as good as you're gonna get at some of the proper steakhouses here in town. But. Uh, all in all, I mean, like, there are so many reasons why it is nice to live in Vegas. And, and even, like you said, you mentioned the state income tax or lack of. That's right. Is, uh, it goes a long way to have a little extra money in your in your. I'm check just saying, if the, if the uh, Convention and Visitors Authority wants to sponsor us or whatever, <laughs> I mean, we're shouting it out for Las Vegas. But, but they, have some, uh, they have some openings, I think, after they had their corruption shit going on recently. Oh, <laughs> so maybe there were some openings. Well, there you go. <laughs> Look us up, guys. Look us up. All right, well, listen. Uh, I want to say, by the way uh, – uh, episode number 253. I am very proud of this episode. Uh, 253 consecutive weeks, by the way. We have never not delivered on a podcast. Not once. That's almost five full years That's crazy. of fresh content every week. And, by the way, uh, I have been on every single one of those. I tried to get somewhere it was all coffee and no cream. But that never <laughs> happened. That never happened. We never got a Thank full goodness. cool coffee Thank episode. Goodness. Uh, but and that's why the podcast is still around. <laughs> that's why it's still around. 253 consecutive weeks. Uh, recently had the sickness that I went through with the flu and all that, but we made it through that. 
But I'm going to say, I may be more proud of this episode than any ever because, bro, you're like 12 hours away from going into surgery and you said, no, John, I want to get together and do the podcast. Yeah. Let's let's do it. It's Yeah, it's uh, 12, uh, oh gosh, I'm not good with math, 18 hours, yeah. something like that. Roughly 7.30 tomorrow morning, I'll be going under. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, too, I'd rather almost be doing this and talk about fighting MMA and something else instead of just sitting in my head thinking about the oncoming surgery because yeah. it does you no good. It right. does you it it does you no I'm sure good. Sure you've been doing that for a couple couple days, it's couple been, weeks now. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ever since you know it's coming and stuff, but uh no, this is this is nice uh to kind of just change it up a little bit. Uh you know, do this before and then got to pick mom's up from the airport. She's coming in for this. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And I hey, uh, I do want to say thank you for the people that have uh, reached out and said things on Twitter and, and whatnot. I really, really appreciate it. You know, it's funny with stuff like this. I wanted to put a whole, like, Facebook post together and, you know, because that's half of how I talk to half of my friends and families on that. But every time I started thinking about it, I just – just didn't have the energy to keep going you know you nothing sounds right you know right. and how you're going to try to word it and i don't want it to be like hey all you know send me something to feel better because ultimately that's what it is you want the good you want the good vibes <laughs> you right. know you know but part of it too you know like i'm not a big uh religious praying person myself but i do like the access to a large pool of friends that are religious <laughs> and praying types like i'm not saying i can speak to you god know, but if you but would if, for but me, if y'all got a direct line to put in a good word for the me. man or woman upstairs uh feel free that to, may or may uh, not exist that may in or whatever may not form exist you think it does or does not exist in. form <laughs> no, however many <laughs> limbs it might have, whether it be a spaghetti monster or not. Uh, uh, I do appreciate, though, the, those that have uh, reached out and did it. I mean, I think anybody, you know, I think that's the part we all think about is, you know, uh, when it comes down to it, when you're in the hospital, but it is just you and your thoughts. And even I think at the end of our lives, it's you and your thoughts and whatever beliefs you have. So I think any of those points in your life where you're able to sort of just reach out and sort of feel something from other people that right. you're not alone in this world. It does help. It does feel good. So um, I appreciate those that have uh, that have helped out. And uh, for sure, you know, man, I saw a lot of a lot of those messages. So that was that was cool to see. Uh, one of the funny ones that I saw today. Fuck, I gotta find it. And he was like, uh, he was like, I can't wait to to come. Uh, I, I want to say his name because, dude, it was fucking hilarious. I was like, dude, thank you very much. But it was like. Uh, X Shields. He's like, shout out Kenneth Hathaway. You'll get through this, buddy. Look forward to your questionable takes in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Even that, I was like, dude is sending me good vibes, and he's shitting and on me, busting your balls at the I same time. I love it. So thank you, X Shields. That's uh, awesome. That was that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, he's a Texas boy, um, so that's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll so keep yeah, the, we'll we keep, keep the, the good we vibes keep the show going. going. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Junkie's been great, and, and everybody's been good, and. Uh, you know, fuck. If we had to do this tomorrow during surgery, we we would have did it because well, we the show. That's keeps how going. we do. We just straight like the we. Show we keeps going. It might be better with you loopy off the you know coming off the off the anesthetic and you know oh. like we see those videos where people say like funny stuff. Oh, oh that that might be great. Can you imagine this mouth with no oh. filter? Hopefully somebody's rolling on you tomorrow. Do you have some? Well, it's gonna be my mom and 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 uh, Agent H gonna be there. And well, tell I them imagine to break both the phones gonna, out and, and roll I imagine tape. Both are gonna be a wreck. Yeah, they will. Be. Uh, and and it's funny because I know that uh, H is gonna be 
of wreck. And I, so people are like, how do I, who do I get in touch? I'm like, I should probably give her number just to make it seem like, yeah, reach out to my girlfriend. But part of me is like, she's going to be a mess. I'm like, it's probably better call to call my mom. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's been through some stuff, you know. I don't so, think it'd see. be much different with my family. I think if I was in the same position, my wife might not be the one to talk yeah. to. I'm like, can you put Eli on the phone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk to my 7-year-old <laughs> son. He's going to have it a little bit better together than my <laughs> wife will. Talk to Eli, please. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well, listen. We'll we'll, we'll keep your uh, keep your head off this stuff for a little bit and talk some MMA. There's not a not a lot of fights happening this weekend, but obviously that doesn't mean that there's not stuff to talk about. It is Super Bowl week. Uh, if, if you're an NFL fan, I uh, am not a fan of either the Niners or the Chiefs. So I'll I'll be I'll be watching a little. bit. Yeah, I mean, it is the last the last point where we can watch professional right. NFL football. It, it, I mean, still, at that point, you just got to watch in. it. It's just, yeah, I mean, you can eat eat crappy food, you know, find a reason to get together. And uh, you got to be happy for both those teams, man, just bringing that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm I not mean, happy for the Niners, though. No. Well, dude, they really have turned their stuff around, man. Just think about it. Like two or three years ago were nothing. They were garbage, right. you know. And look at them now, man. Their defense is nah. solid. No. Nope. <laughs> Still, still not. I'm still, bit, I'm, I'm still, still bitter, bitter about the catch. Still bitter. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. You can't be cheering <laughs> for the night. No, I guess I probably will cheer for the night. It's kind of the like catch. I'll, I'll cheer for, yeah. for the night. Yeah, I think, wow. I, was, I think I was three hold, years old hold, at the time. Hold the grudge much? <laughs> I think I was three at the time. Like, I remember the catch. Wow. <laughs> I'll probably be cheering for the NFC. But, well, listen, I mean, it, Super Bowl does mean Radio Row, the uh, the world sporting media all comes together. And, of course, we got to see some MMA action out there. Uh, Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru. Usman got into a little uh, bit of a verbal altercation out there. And, uh, you know, it was funny because the first tweet I saw about it, somebody was like, they almost came to blows. And I watched the video. I'm like, bro, they did not almost come to blows. They're, they're like not 10 even feet apart. Yeah, they're 10 feet apart. Masvidal's blowing kisses at them. Yeah. I'm like, they're not But all it takes in that situation is one of them to just flip that switch and move forward. Because when you look who was there – I mean, uh, Jorge's manager is not going to stop him. Right. I mean, poor Dave Locke. From, Dave Locke gets stuck in the middle. From, the, from the UFC. I he's mean, the quietest, uh, nicest guy. He he's gets he's not going to. He's not going to uh, stop it. And uh, they could have if they really, really wanted to. I'm glad they both refrained. It was enough that uh, gives us something to talk about. You know, which is cool. But uh, it's cool because I mean. Uh, that's real heat. It's building into real heat between these two, more so than just the, oh, I'm going to talk uh, talk some words when I'm up here on the stage after a fight right. or whatever. It is generating um, some real heat, and that's the kind of stuff that ultimately it's just fun to watch. It is. I mean, if you can keep it clean on the outside, don't do something where it's actually – if they would have came to blows, it would have it would have left some bad mark on MMA. People yes, it would have said it's a bunch of thugs. Somebody starts throwing a chair or something right. like that in the middle of the media. But now row. you get casuals. They're gonna be like, "Oh, these are the two guys that were on the NFL, you know, the Super Bowl weekend that were were going at it, right?" right. So the casuals are gonna start getting into it. I mean, so uh, I love it. I, I love that there's real heat starting to to bring uh, between these two, and the fact that it's gonna that would be an incredible fight. So to think that there's some real emotion behind it is is pretty cool. I like that it's building. I like uh, – it, we posted a clip. Uh, the, the Jim Rome show sent it around to us, um, and, and we were able to use it. But, you know, Masvidal, I thought, had a great line where he was – you know, he was he was saying, you know, Usman likes it when people talk trash and it gets him riled up. He's like, so hold on, this isn't for you, this isn't for fans, this is for this is for Usman. He looks straight at the camera and starts going at him. You know, he's like, I will embarrass you from start to finish. <laughs> I, was, I mean, Masvidal's great. I will say, 
and I like Kamaru Usman a lot, man. I got to call a couple of Titan FCs with him yeah. um, back in the day, and you know before he was champ, and I, I, I you know covered his career on the way up, and, and and I like him a lot. I will say that trash talk is not exactly his specialty. <laughs> uh, I I was I was editing. Uh, Both of them aren't really all that. Well, Mas- you know. but Masvidal's just got that swagger that, like, whatever he says, even though it might not be, like, that great a trash talk, it just comes yeah. off as cool, right? You're like, yeah, bro. Well, know. it gives you that look like, tell me that was bad. Exactly. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over there and I'm going to two-piece you. So, tell me that cut was bad. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm, I, I was editing this piece this morning. Farah Hanoon wrote this piece. It was, it was an interview that, that uh, Kamaru did with TMZ, right? And I'm literally cracking up as I read this. I, I want you to read this quote. He says, now, he did have a great point. He said, listen, you know, I just beat Colby Covington, and I handled him pretty well, and uh, Colby Covington used to destroy you in practice. So think if I did that to the guy that destroyed you, what do you think I'm going to do to you? So mm-hmm. I, I like that, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the quote. He saw what I did to the guy that used to punish him and torture him every day at practice. He saw what I did. Now he better shut his little mouth before I fill his ass with a bunch of that Cuban coffee. Keep running his mouth. He ain't going to nothing. He just ran up and didn't do nothing. I was dolo. And – Two things here. First of all, <laughs> I did not know Dolo was a word. I'm going to admit that. It and is maybe not it just shows that I'm old. He tweeted it the other day, and I thought he just made a typo. I thought, because the S and the D are right there by each other. I thought he meant to say that he was solo, and he just typed Dolo, and it went out. But but he said it in, in, in out loud. So he meant to say he was Dolo. I've since been informed that that is slang, meaning that he was alone. But if the word is solo, I was solo, why do you need a slang word that says I was dolo? Like, it's like you're just making rhyming words. That that doesn't need to be a word. So that's first off. I learned that that's a word, and I think it's a completely unnecessary word. The second part is when he says he's going to fill his ass with a bunch of Cuban coffee, (laughs) that stood out to me. But he doubled down on that one as well. Later, in another quote, he said, talk all you want. But I'm going to let you know, just like I did to that guy that used to torture you every day, I will fill your ass up with all that Cuban coffee. What does that even mean? I'm going to fill your ass up. I, I understand the Cuban connection there. I Hot coffee or Cuban, cold coffee? Well, first Maybe of all. Maybe he's trying to give him an, uh, what they call him, an enema. Co- Isn't there a coffee, coffee enema? enema? Yeah. He's trying to help him out. Looking out for his health. Looking out for his health. Colorectal health. <laughs> Colo. I'm rolling Colo. <laughs> So low colo. I'm getting, but I, so I just want to say the Usman trash talk game is not quite on point. But you said, I mean, Dana White the other day said, "Listen, everybody knows that's the fight to make." And I wasn't sure. I, I to be honest, I wasn't sure because um, I think a lot of the public sentiment was Connor and Masvidal, and and, and I, I did like that idea. But the fact that Connor kind of shut it down and said, you know, basically said that he wasn't interested in it, then I lost interest in it. You know, if you're not interested, then let's. there's no heat. Now there's heat building here. There's stakes on the line. You know, it's the belt. It's the actual belt. Um, I think it's it's definitely the fight to make right now. I'm going to agree with Dana White. I didn't agree with him that night, but knowing that Conor McGregor isn't showing interest, um, I think I, I agree too. I think it is the fight to make it at 170 pounds. Yeah, and when I sit here thinking to myself, Dolo – I agree. <laughs> you know, there's actually a song, Solo Dolo. There's different slangs. Where one says Solo Dolo means the lonely stoner, you know, because you roll and s- smoke by yourself. I don't know. I think that's absolutely ridiculous because it is so close to solo. Might as well just say solo. And if it's on the down low, just say down low. Right? It's still same syllables. Two that's... syllables. Is it that much either easier to say dolo? I don't think so. Down low? I guess. I mean, maybe forming the W hurts their mouth or something <laughs> to say down low. And we know things on Twitter, you know, just because you 
put something out on Twitter doesn't make it true. Maybe you were Donald. playing Scrabble and you didn't have any W's available. Oh. So you were like, Dolo. And, you, and then you had to sell it. And you're like, no, it's totally a word. It's like, totally it's, a word. <laughs> and now that it's on Urban Dictionary, it's it's it, it, next thing you know, it it's going to be in the encyclopedia. It exists. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of the fight, I mean, yeah, I mean, this fight is when it comes to what's going to be bringing the eyeballs. I mean, it's hard to think of another fight that... One, I think it, it does mean something for the division, but it also it's just we know that now they've the UFC has went into full entertainment mode, man. And sure. it's just like if it's not hitting all their buttons on trying to just create these things, uh, it just seems like it doesn't happen. Um, so uh, I think it, it, as for in terms of the most exciting fight that we would probably see from um, Masvidal, I mean, there'd be two fights for me that I would want to see the most. That would be Connor. Right. And it would, it would be Kamaru. Right. This is the one that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> the I other one, right. the other ones, you know, is unicorns and, and, and fantasy talk. That's not going to happen uh, for quite some time, if ever. Um, but I love it. I, I love the fight. And the fact that they're into it, that's that's perfect for me. I mean, it's one thing when they the, the UFC comes up with these ideas and they, they have to sort of sell it on a fighter and eventually a fighter comes around and do it. But this sort of thing is just making itself, and the fighters are taking upon themselves to, to pump it up and make it happen. So, I mean, come on, guys. You only live once, man. So, YOLO, 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 go solo, holo. Oh, but now here, okay, so here's the only thing that kind of stands in the way. I, don't, I won't even say it stands in the way, but. Folks, don't let your kids use the word dolo. Please, <laughs> please at all. <laughs> uh, if you have any responsibility as a parent. Uh, here's the only thing is, uh, timing-wise, uh, we know it probably wouldn't happen until, I would say, June at the earliest. I mean, we know we've got our pay-per-views lined up, right? We know April uh, is Habib and, Fer- and Ferguson. They're not going to throw a- another title fight on that. Maybe Won't they? they? <laughs> Get out of here. But, I mean, May. But doesn't it make sense that if, if – I don't even – Oh, don't I, even say it, dude. <laughs> don't even say it. Without saying it, you all know what I'm thinking. You know what he's thinking. You know what I'm thinking. I mean, it, it's Knock called on an some insurance wood just plan. For the it's thought, called an insurance just for the plan. coming into your head. <laughs> But remember when they, the UFC has been on this run of two or three title fights for their major pay-per-views? Um, it doesn't, it, you know, certainly wouldn't hurt facts to have a couple more. It wouldn't, on but I think it's the whole budgetary thing. You know what I mean? Like Habib, as for how much money? Yeah, because I think take, Habib makes a lot of money. That's true. I think Habib makes close. Did to Did you Connor think that money. Connor was going to make more money on that last one? Were you surprised that it was only three million? But that's only his guarantee. I'm sure he made a ton sure. on the back end. But it, uh, I bet he made eight to ten, is what I would guess with points. Points and uh, do the point systems even work the same anymore with ESPN? Who knows if ESPN even agreed to that? That's a good point. I hadn't talked to anybody about that. I mean, I know that it's less. No, I I think I have talked about it since they still make pay per view points. It's just the the pay per view numbers are obviously less now because it's it's a different system. Yeah, who knows? I I I was just surprised. You're right. You're right. I didn't really think about the fact that that might not be the ending. But still, just seeing that, I was a little surprised that it wasn't bigger. So, um, all right. So. We're not going to see it until June, I think, because Habib and Ferguson is April. Now May is maybe May because May is is two fifty, which is going to be in Brazil. Yeah, that's uh, by what we expect is it to be Cejudo and Aldo, which of course makes sense having Aldo fight in Brazil. Um, it is funny, you know, you talk about being in full entertainment mode. You know, how much did Dana? The night that he's like, I kind of like the idea of Aldo next. How much of that was like Aldo in Brazil would help us out a lot. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that had to be part of it. I could see them maybe doing a second title fight there because I doubt Cejudo and Aldo are breaking the bank for the type of money they make. Yeah. So I could see him doing a second fight there. 
But man, would you want to bring Masvidal and Usman to to, to Brazil? No, I wouldn't think no so way. either. You know, because you, you'd lose out I on think the, the media. You would lose out on the media. And, uh, I think the fans would love them, but those fans would, would show up to every like open media yeah. workout thing. But as for how that would turn around into actually buying any sort of a pay per view or or even going to the event, uh, it just wouldn't. It just wouldn't get the same sort of I, result I that you yeah, get. I think you'd lose the traffic. Have to be. So 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 that so here we are. So now we're saying June is probably the earliest they could fight. I would say June. Now at that point, now maybe you just go to July because you're talking International Fight, fight Week, yeah. of course. So knowing that that's kind of the timeline, we do have Tyron Woodley and Leon Edwards coming up in March, and you got to think that both those guys would deserve to be a number one contender. So if we're already talking about waiting until July, I still feel like it's probably the well, no, I won't say probably. I still feel it's the biggest fight you can make at 170 pounds if Connor's yeah. not involved in it. Yeah. I think you still stick with Mazda Usman. But I would feel a little July, bad. July it's, sounds pretty good. Especially if Edwards. I think especially if Edwards. Well, now, now, Woodley, you know, Woodley was a champion, and, and a lot of people thought maybe he deserved a rematch, but that was a pretty one sided fight, you know. So if Woodley wins, I'm okay with saying he needs to win another one. If Edwards wins, man, I feel like that guy's been put on the back burner for so long that he deserves a shot at it. Um,. And then you, I mean, you still have the Edwards Masvidal heat, right? You know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's probably okay, but I just feel bad if Edwards wins that he still gets shoved to the back burner again. Yeah, I mean, I do like, and you're right. You bring up that heat, but it almost makes sense that if he could have one more fight to put him on, if they did put that car, that fight on that international fight week card, right? To put him on the same card as a follow up, as as a it's not a bad idea. Just in case something fell out, yep. you know, you could always try to make that happen. And then at least you know you're on the same timeline as the champ. The same timeline. So that way it's like, hey, can't run from me now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we we got the same we got the timing lined up together. Yeah. I'm on the same card, all the same eyeballs. And I bet if you told Leon, if you gave him the sort of at least the thought that uh not that there's ever any guarantee, but if they're like, hey, you know, by the way, if if Masvidal is able to do this, if you're willing to fight on the undercard or under that fight, you will be guaranteed, uh, you know, the shot after that. But you got to fight one more time. Right. As opposed to just saying, I believe I should be the next guy. I'm just going to wait because we know that it does, that does nobody any good because nope. it's all about that performance that makes Dana just – do this juggling act. We've seen it time and time again. Somebody goes in there and has a stellar performance, and Dana literally in his mind rewrites the rankings, if rankings were actually a thing. <laughs> you know, because the, he just immediately he's like, you're right. That was a great performance. I think this is the fight to make happen. You know, it literally happens that quick. We've seen it happen over and over again. Even Kamaru, after I, I want to say one of his wins, did he have a, did he fight at the Palms or whatever? I felt like we had a... a a presser at the palm, and he had a great performance. And Dan was just like, "Yep, this is this is the this is the fight we got to right. make." Right, and it we was after he had been everybody had been kind of shitting on him shitting for the whole thirty percent thing right. and all that. So yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, it's scary, you know, because when you're when you're talking about man, I'm right there up towards the top. I get it. It's scary to think, man, I can't keep going out there because if I keep going out there, you know, I might not get my title shot. It might slip away, and I know right. that. And I know that that title shot means a new contract and big money. And and so I understand the logic of saying like, no, I'll I'll sit out and wait. Yeah. But you're right in Dana's eyes yeah. and in the fans' eyes. If yeah. you're not out there, I mean, they you don't forget. you don't you don't gain momentum right. sitting on the sidelines. And if there is something to be said about being known that you're on the same schedule as the champ I think or the guys big. fighting, I think that is big when you think about it. And I think more of them are so worried about 
having a fight and then say something happens, there's an injury or something that causes them to uh, have to wait while somebody else is recovering or something themselves. I think there is something to be said about if you know you're on the same timeline as your next desired opponent, Mm -hmm. that if everything goes well for both you guys, You've done everything to keep your your, your yourself right there in, in the running, and if you put on a great performance, it's it's like gladiator shit out there. If you put on a great performance and the fans are literally screaming and crying your name and they wanting more, Dana and them are gonna make it happen. You know. Here's to your point. So uh, pulling up uh, Usman's schedule just to remind myself a little bit of it. Now January of 2018, he fights Emil Mech, and that's the one where he wins. And afterwards, he tells me in the back, you know, he's like, "Ah, oh, man, I was only operating at 30 percent." I think yeah. people took it out of context. He was yeah. just saying, "I was not 100 percent." He didn't say, "I, I gave 30 percent effort." 30%, yeah, he yeah. said, "Man, I was only operating at like 30 percent because I, you know, I wasn't myself." But look, I still got the win. So I think it was taken way out of context. Yeah. But everybody was all over him for that, right? That was January of 2018. In May, he goes to Santiago, Chile, and beats Damian Maya. Good win, Damian Maya. Yeah. But uh, those cards that are, you know, in the South American countries, not pay per views, they don't they don't get much media. You kind of disappear for a yeah. little while. Yeah, and it's only us watching them. It's the only us watching. <laughs> then he comes back in November of 2018, the Ultimate Fighter finale. Yes. At the Palms, yes. and he beats Rafael dos Anjos. Yes. And from January until November, I think Dana was like, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about yeah. this guy. I don't know about this guy. Fans were all over him. And you're right. I remember after that, he comes back and he's like, how amazing is that yeah. guy? How, ama- how, how, how can I not make that fight? <laughs> yeah, how can I not right. do this? And he gets the title fight with Tyron Woodley in March of 2019. Yep. So in, in 11 quick. months, he had to go take other fights, but yep. he took other fights and he went from a guy that nobody likes to now Dana's like, can't deny this man any yep. longer. And, and that's the thing. I mean, they're going out there and winning. And most of these guys will tell you, I got to beat everybody anyways. You know, if you're going to put another fight, I'm I'm going to get the money. I'm going to do whatever. But I think it's probably easy to say that knowing when you're you're still striving for the top than when you're at the top. You know, yeah, everybody yeah. wants to fight for that W instead of you know fight to get the knockout or fight to you know leave your name for somebody to remember. But you know, he went out there. He did what he did, and he stayed active and he stayed in Dana's face. And ultimately, Dana was like, "Okay, that's that's it." So I mean, I think in Leon's case, if that was a possibility. If timelines worked, I would just work to be as active, staying right on the timeline. Put your, keep keep you know, putting your your name in Dana's ear. But ultimately, what's going to do it is if you get in there and you take whatever fight because obviously that uh, you know, Kamaru and Mazadal is much more exciting for people to to be for Mazadal's next fight as opposed to Leon. And this, no right. offense to Leon. Leon's a kick-ass you're, you're fight. talking about one of the biggest stars in the sport right now. Masvidal right. is one of they the biggest stars in the sport right now. They are both so red hot right now yep. that it would be dumb for them to uh, to do it. And if anything else, I mean, that's a great card to get your to put your brand back out there. If you get on that underneath it, fighting and knowing that during the fight week you're going to see your opponent. You know, you could be in that media day like we've seen before. We've seen other opponents chirp at the main event, you know, and kind of just keep it keep their name out there. There's ways that you can you know, work the system while still putting yourself in a good position um, should something happen to uh, to get that shot. I agree. You know. It's scary to do it, but I think that's the play. All right, it the, is. The flip side of it. So I've taken Connor out of the equation with Mazidal, uh, but yeah. just because, again, Connor doesn't seem to be interested in it. I know fans, I, I know fans would, would love to see it, man. I, I saw the reaction, but it doesn't seem like he's interested in it. So I'm left right now with the idea, praying, of course, that he doesn't go box. 
that, that uh, I, I think I'm becoming more of the opinion that Connor Diaz three is probably the next fight. Makes sense. Yeah, just timing wise with what's yeah. out there, with what's available. It makes sense. I mean, ultimately, it's still going to be Connor's decision. Whatever you know, he's he looked so good. Uh, I you know, I'll 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 eat the 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 sad sandwich that I was like, man. Go out there, cowboy. Do your thing. Connor's yeah. probably not going to look good. He looked fantastic. He looked like he gave it every bit of uh, effort to come bringing it. He, he looked he looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just think that if he stopped and focused on boxing, one, if he put all that effort, he's going to come in looking better as a boxer than what he did um, against Floyd. But to, to have this momentum that he just got inside the MMA cage – it would just be a shame to see him sort of lose that to, to, to step away because he fought at such a high level. I would love to see that go straight into another MMA fight. Yep. But ultimately, you know, I want the dude to get his money, man. If you can go out there and uh, – No, that's hard, right? Like if you knew it was a $100 you know, million dollar payday again, which I don't know if he could get that again, yeah. but if, if you knew that's what was on the table. Even if he could get 20, 30 million, if, he, if, if it's talking about getting another Floyd fight or even a, a Mac Pack or whatever, Pac Mac, whatever the whatever the the uh, phrase is that these kids, you know, Dolo, Dolo, Pac Mac. <clears throat> uh, I would want the dude to get his money, so uh, I'm not going to be upset either way. Um, I, it at this point with Connor, you know, it, it's going to be a fun sort of spectacle, regardless. Of course, I'd love to see him fight MMA because I, I like what it does for the MMA sport. Right. But also too, I, I like hearing that the dude's going out there and just making mad money. Um, it would be interesting, though. Uh, I thought the whole thing when we looked at Cowboy, I thought Connor or Cowboy, and you, like, there's still other whatever payoff to the side, discretionary, whatever, blah blah blah. But seeing the two hundred and two hundred, I was a little surprised. Do you think since that was so, it was sort of just thrown out there that hey, this ain't that big red panty night. Say a fight does happen with Masvidal, you think Masvidal is going to try to hold out and make a push to make sure that that number is much bigger? The yes. two hundred, I think so as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, I think I think so as well. No, knowing his representation, Abe Kawa, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll it has to be. I was so surprised it was only two hundred, two hundred. Yeah, I would have thought it been at least one million, like on paper. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. You know, like he maybe he got that afterwards or whatever. I'm sure he did. But to to have two hundred and two hundred, knowing that that other that second two hundred was off the table. Yeah, it's just I'm, a sure, really surprising. I'm sure. Well, why not five hundred flat fee? Something more. I would have assumed it was been a million dollars. I would guess the Cowboy made more than a million. I would I would hope that he made more than a million for that fight. I'm right. thinking he did. But you're right. It would have been nice to have, that why not have the, the guaranteed one out there. Have the guaranteed whatever. Although at the same time, I, I, I do I, I know Connor likes to show the flashy numbers. Right. But is there really any advantage to people seeing you make more money other than them just hitting you up for more money? You know what I mean? Like, is there really any advantage? to that guaranteed number with the CSAC, the one that's filed, the one right. that's going to be released publicly, or NSAC, I should say, in this case, is there really any any uh, advantage to that? And, and I don't think there is, other than, well, you know, other than, I mean, I guess there's two things. Number one, I guess it's good for the sport as a whole because other people, sport. but I mean it's for you for individually. Sport. For well, the sport of- as a whole, I think it's good because people, other fighters can go, I saw what he yeah. made. I want to make that. Yeah. I know that you can true. pay it. But also, it does sort of set up a an established um, 
like pay history. Right. Think about like when you go and you apply for a new job, they're always like, well, what were you making at your last place? You know, what were you doing no, this? That's true. And it's one thing to say like, oh, well, I was making this. Oh, yeah, were you? Were you really? Well, it's like, bro, I got right here. Here's, here's right the here. commission proof that shows I was getting this and I was now, getting this. That's a good point. Now, it's a nice written record. Now, Cowboy, I believe, is going to be a UFC lifer. I don't believe sure. he's ever going to go to Bellator. I, I don't think. No, 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 no. But you're right. For anybody else, and I just said, is there any advantage? You're right. That's a good point. You because you but can it have does it. help for the sport, like you said as well. It does help the sport, but it also, it's, it's nice to be able to say, this is what I'm getting. This is this is what's really happening, and you know, in the terms of just the benefit of just the overall sport for any particular fighter to have it on record from a commission saying it, it's already helping the sport because it's one of right. those things that everybody's like, well, I think some fighters are getting paid this, but I'm not quite sure. Right. But to have it out there and to be legit on record, it is good for the sport. It's good for the sport. All right. So I, the other thing about this Connor Nate Diaz thing, you know, you saw the tweet. I'm sure it was big news. Uh, you know, Nate came out and said that he wants to see uh, Connor and, and uh, he's going to apologize to Stephen A. and, Ro- and Rogan, Rogan as well. Um, I, and I, I did think maybe, you know, I mean, Nate doesn't need to tweet that. So I did think maybe that was him saying, you know what, let me let me poke the bear yeah. a little bit. I'm, it's uh, not like I'm he's buddies with Stephen fight. A. Unless right. I'm surprised if they are. I mean, it's not like he need to come in there and defend his honor or something. I think you're right. He's just poking the bear. I think he's so too. I think, so, I think I, so that makes me think that he's like – all right, let's get this fight together. Let's 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 go ahead. I'm ready for it now. So why not? We'll see. Uh, I will say one more thing. I want to say about Stephen A. Smith. I don't want to necessarily go into that thing, considering it's two weeks old, and, and we've talked about it a little bit. But the funny thing about it is, I never believed that would be as massive of a story as it was. Man, the comments going back and forth on that situation. I mean, you could just see the numbers on our our share count on yeah. on on, uh, on MMA Junkie. You know, I mean. It was by far one of the most shared stories we've ever had in the history of the website. I thought that was crazy. And then what was even crazier to me was people in the comments section are like, why are you guys covering this? Nobody cares. I'm like, nobody cares? There's more clicks on this than like almost anything we've ever yeah. done in the history of the site. I mean, when, when it's coming down to the fact of you're having a huge sports organization like ESPN, the largest one you know, arguably in, in the in the world. Right. And having one of their people come out there and make their, their takes on the sport. One, I think a lot of people realize that as the sport became even more mainstream after the adoption of ESPN, now you're having their personnel, you know, being assigned MMA things. So they're putting their spin. These are the guys that you're seeing covering basketball, football, boxing, you name it. You know, they're, they're prime guys. And so you're going to getting takes that – maybe don't fall in line. So when these don't happen, you got to understand that there's still, these people are reaching a large mass population. So what they say has an impact on this sport that we all like and appreciate. So it would be a disservice in my mind for us to not talk about when a discussion about a fight that some people, you know, have strong feelings one way or another, how it went. Um, it, it would be wrong to not talk about the particular story where one guy sort of point. slander or not slander. Some people took it as slandered how he sort of I thought it said one guy. Some way it was. I mean, know. I think what he said about Connor was fair. You know, the fact that, hey, we didn't learn. And I mean, we did learn yeah. something. But I, you know, when he came out and defended himself, and, and I think he explained it better when he defended himself in the second from video. From the bathroom? Yeah, from the bathroom as he was, ta- as was, he was taking a deuce. <laughs> he was dropping a deuce. <laughs> the video. Yeah, bro, hold the camera up a little bit higher. So but I did. I, I did he, didn't want, he didn't want you to see the toilet paper roll that was in the wall. He's like, I'm at the airport, y'all, right now in the shitter. <laughs> At that one, I thought he made a better point, which which I thought was a fair point. It was like, listen, 
we did learn something about Connor. Like, dude, he's back. He's focused. We yeah. learned that. Did we see enough to think that a fight with Habib would go different the second time around? That's tough to say. And and I don't know that had the fight gone longer, you would ever learn that in a fight with Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, a fight with Cowboy and a fight with Habib is two totally different animals, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought that point was at least fair. But, yeah, the part that I think he didn't defend that he got wrong the first time was where he said that, you know, Cowboy quit. And, yeah. And like, I mean, there's ways to phrase it, you know, and I think there's ways – I think a lot of these people, especially in their occupations, are used to using shock and awe value. You say something, you know, right. probably if you had moments to explain it and maybe say it in different terms, it would probably come a less jarring. And I think a lot of the MMA fans, we are very protective of our sport. We're you know, we've all been w- along with the sport, you know, from its infancy, you know, some a lot longer. You know, uh, I've, I've only been around it for, shoot, whatever. I don't know what year it is, eight years, nine years right. or something. And I've seen it come leaps and bounds. So the ones that have seen it for the 20 some years yeah, or whatever, man. I mean, it's people are very protective of it and they want people to um, respect it. But I assume maybe it was this way too when, you know, uh, football or some of the other sports started making it more mainstream. Maybe there were people that were like, I can't believe you would say that about my team. You know, I'm sure people had a lot of hurt feelings. Well, it's funny because, and I, and I thought you, you made a good point there, man, because I was kind of of the opinion, like, why do I give two shits about what Stephen A. Smith yeah. has to say? Like, I, I know, first of all, I know what his job is. His job is essentially to be a professional troll, and he's really good at it. You yeah. know what I mean? He he says things that fire people up, and that's why they make millions yeah. of dollars because people are going to love him or hate him. I get it, man. So yeah. I totally, so on the one hand, I'm like, why do I even care what he has to say? But I thought you made a good point that, like, Dude, he does have a big impact, and he does have a big yeah. platform. And someone like that that has that type of reach, that has that type of influence, shouldn't be able to say whatever they want and be unchecked. Right. I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't have an opinion and say, but it, it's just it comes, with the, it comes with the territory. If you say something that, that might alienate and piss off, you know, 10 million people who love a sport – uh, that is very violent in nature, and if you're going to come, and how dare you, especially of anybody? It's one thing if it would be two Brazilian fighters, all right. And I'm just, and I'm not picking on Brazilian. I'm just saying people that don't have. A, I think with Cowboy, you're talking about somebody that for Americans we tend to love every fighter. We tend to root for all the fighters, but this is one particular fighter where if there was something that people rally behind, uh, behind he's one, of the, most he's one of the ones. So if you take two random people from maybe another country that most Americans are like, eh. If the fight goes yeah. whatever, they probably some, wouldn't some, have some gave Some random two Russian shits. fighter who you can't pronounce their name and right. you've never heard him speak, so you don't even right. know. So if somebody's like, oh, man, I, I didn't really see in his good performance. It looked like he took a dive. People are like, eh, okay, whatever. I didn't right. watch the fight anyways. You know, But not somebody they had that kind of an emotional attachment. But not somebody they have an emotional attachment to. So um, It was a huge story. I, I just, I, you know, it's funny. I was surpri- I was very, very surprised it was as big a story as it is. But I love that he made a response, that he actually it was made cool. another video. I mean, it's weird. It was from the bathroom. But it was cool that he responded again. Because guy's, he guy's busy, to, man. He's got to fit it in. Because he if he didn't, in. if he didn't really care about what people thought or didn't want to keep at least pushing it forward and, and make a better explanation of what he was, he would have just ignored it. And you've seen that happen tons and tons of and times. And look, you got to respect a guy that's willing to say, "Hey, I said what I said because I believe it. And whether you think I'm right or wrong, these are my beliefs, and I'm standing behind them. I'll, yeah. I'll actually give him some respect for that. You it's know what fine. I mean? For saying, "Listen, I'm I'm not just out here." trolling and now i'm like now i don't pay attention anymore like no these are what i believe so i'll actually give him some respect yeah i give respect i won't give his striking respect even i am better than his (laughs) fucking striking his striking was sad i i I said it on last week's episode (laughs) but i I think as well i was talking about where frank Frank Mir gave the perfect explanation that uh it looked like uh like 
basically working on the shoulders or whatever. And I think he's come out and said he was like recovering from surgery or something, but it was an embarrassing clip. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it looked, looked like something that was just starting like talking about uh, <laughs> talking about somebody that said something uh that upset somebody. I wanted to get your take on this Yoani and Jacek thing because Yoani and Jacek, I think everybody probably knows by now, but she just all she did was and I guess I kind of tipped my hand there, but I said all she did was she reposted a meme uh, that was her in a gas mask, uh, basically, you know, alluding to the coronavirus issue that's going on in China, um, and and kind of poking fun at, at Zhang Weili from being from there. Uh, and, and Zhang Weili and her team, man, they came back with the perfect response. You know, man, they nailed it in their response. Yeah. Like, hey, man, very nice, very don't, measured. Yeah, don't joke about this. This, yeah. you know, these are people dying. Um, and I thought I thought Jane Wiley just nailed it, and uh, and I'm sure Brian Butler and the team at Sucker Punch had something to do with that as well. But they nailed it. Um, yeah, her English was perfect in that. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. she did a really good I know, job. Everybody Google, she Google Translate that. really was on point for yeah, that one. I think her team assisted <laughs> that one, but 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 they nailed it. But here's what here's what. So this was funny. I, so I I I put a, a poll in there. This uh, poll that software that we have on the uh, on the site. I put it when I posted the story about this, and I said, listen, you know. Did you feel that that Joanna was out of line? This is crazy. So the two the two choices were one, the straw weight queen stepped over the line, and two, seriously grow up snowflake. And so that would be your yes and no basically. But the poll was incredibly in half. Forty three percent think she messed up. Forty three percent said, "Come on, what are you what are you talking about?" And then in the middle, like kind of no opinion was fourteen percent. So that's why there was forty three forty three. But um, I found this interesting because I think a lot of people just don't like Joanna, and I think that's maybe why uh, the the response was so strong and so passionate. Because what I feel like is that Joanna messed up, but I, I saw some things talking about racist and and all this, and it's like, look, it it was it was it was insensitive because you're right. It, it's it's it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But it is insensitive, especially when you consider the fact that people are dying in that country. Yeah. Um, but I didn't take – I don't think it's like the the harsh, harsh offense where people are like, oh, she's a racist and what is yeah. she doing and what is she – I didn't think that. So I thought it was insensitive. I yeah. thought it was dumb to post on social media. I think you got to be careful when you when you post things like that because you got to realize you're talking about a massive audience. But it, it didn't turn me off on her like, oh, man, this – you know what is going through her mind right now. Yeah, and when you put it like that, that certainly feels more like it to me. I mean, it definitely felt uh, like it was more insensitive because you know it's just a matter of you know people are sick, people are dying over there, and of course, all right, yeah, she's from China, so I better let me put on my mask. You know, yeah, and that's kind of like one of those things like oh, too soon, like the shit's still going on, right. it's still going on. You know, people are still hurting. It's still yeah, it's not even the getting aftermath. bigger. It's yeah, still I mean, happening. it's still right in the middle of things, but. When I look at it, it wasn't like – there were so many other ways that she could have put something that would have been more inherently what I would have called a racist thing. Right. Like this just seemed like, all right, you know, like there's real – this is real life or death shit. It's probably not something that we want to joke about. That's it. You know, so, you know, it doesn't doesn't strike me as being like blatantly racist, just being just really insensitive just a, at the point. It, it, was a, it was a dumb moment, man. It was a yeah. poor choice, man. It was insensitive and it was a poor choice. And people are dying. Uh, you gotta you gotta pay a little bit more attention to what you're yeah, posting. Yeah, I mean, know? yeah, because there's a lot. Of, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to put a bad example of other things that it would felt like, but yeah, it's just a poor choice of uh, just doing something that probably could a lot better. She could have took a 
a, a bigger, higher grand and probably could have used the moment to bring awareness that, hey, my opponent is from, uh, you know, a country that is suffering from an ailment right now that people are, are dying from. So while we're going to go in there and beat the shit out of each other, let's remember that life is bigger than this, you know, and uh, Damn, my bro. thoughts my thoughts are going out she to them. She would have just gained some fans right she there, She would have gained boy. fans. That That's would have been thing. huge. That's the thing. I mean, like, if there's, there's ways that you, you can look at it instead of – you know, and maybe it was just her team, or maybe it was whatever. It was like, ha, ha, look at this funny thing where instead of of choosing a moment, now she had to backtrack and like cover her butt. And this is what I was trying to do. You would hope that her team would have chosen the team that she has around her. They could have found a moment Who to actually build Cold herself Coffee up. Coffee would be the guy with the <laughs> with the measured, positive, inspiring it, there's, response. There's only moment. They say that this tumor it causes personality differences. <laughs> so if I'm not a raging asshole. The, I have my moments. I have my moments. The, the tumor's touching in some good places I right know. now. Like, it'll be gone soon, folks. Oh. It'll, be back to, it'll be back to you. That's good. Dirty old nasty <laughs> coffee. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we talked about the fact there's not a ton of MMA, uh, but there is some this weekend. I did want to say uh, one uh, is in action. They've got uh, a men's strawweight uh, bout between Joshua Pasillo, the, the champ, against Alex Seal. Alex, why has I said it funny? Alex Silva. I was starting to say the Filipino contingent is in action as well. So there's uh, a, a lot of uh, the good Filipino fighters are fighting in the Philippines there. So a lot of their rosters there. LFA 81 is on a Friday night as well. I don't have their uh, finalized lineup yet. Um, Access TV, man, when LFA was on Access TV, uh, Access TV was great about uh, their PR and sending out, uh, you know, weigh-in results and lineups and all those. And, and now that uh, LFA is no longer on Access TV, uh, that's kind of changed a little bit, so they, they need some help with their with their PR. And I think I think Fight Pass as a whole, they need like a PR agent that's helping everybody, man. Yeah, but, there's uh, so many little there's organizations. so many though. little organizations that have no budget that yeah. if you could help them all out, yeah. I think that would be a good thing. I watched a, a fight that came on last night, uh, the WXC Warrior Wednesday. Yeah, Warrior it's Wednesday. It's a funny little organization. It isn't is, it? but it was like I just happened to see like I think an email came out, and I was like. What is this? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You never hear about. There's just too many organizations. Not that there's too many, because I love the fact that the Fight Pass is giving all these organizations a platform. Oh, it's cool. There's, but, there's you know, live fights almost every night, yeah, which is great. But you're right. I mean, they, they need to, to try to uh, push these things out. But, you know, again, that's a cost, man. These The, the UFC PR people are already spread thin trying to cover all these no, events. No, you have to bring UFC. in some people you'd that are only in, focused on that. Bring in some more people just to, to work with all these other ones, and even the, then, you'd have to start divvying it up. Just take these three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, you're right. gonna take these three, and you're gonna take these three. It, it'd be hard. It, it would be another thing. They, they need it though. They, I'm telling you, they need it though, right. they, to help help because you you don't know. It's it, give me a reason to want to watch Fight Pass. I mean, I know there's fights on here, but why do I want to watch this fight just because I like? I, I think that's MMA as a whole, right? Like, yeah, we all like the sport of MMA, but you need to know. Why do I need to watch this? Is it is there a, a great story that I need yeah. to follow, or is there some real stakes here? Yeah. What's on the line? That's what Dana's always loved about the the uh, the Tough House, mm-hmm. and even now a little bit with some of the stories that come out night of on the Contender series, you know. But that's the stuff yeah. that he was like, I'm trying to stay separate. I don't want to be, you know, uh, swayed any particular area. But when you hear the stories, it's like, oh, how can you not? Absolutely, you know, want to give this person a, a contract. And the same thing with the the, the Tough House when they go in there. You have all those weeks of learning these backstory that is just – it gives you a reason to want – there's just so much uh, events out there and so many fighters that I'm sure have so many incredible stories that, you know, unless you're from an area to where you can kind of go out and watch these guys either through their amateur or to be able to see them at yeah, an event. Yeah, they're in maybe your backyard or something. Or something. 
I'm sure there's just a ton of great stories out there that we don't know about that it would be cool to, to hear that stuff. Yeah, it, was that, uh, it was that Tracy Cortez versus Maria yeah. Agapova fight where he was like, I watched the packages. I just want to stop the fight and give them both <laughs> deals right there. We're you like, don't need to fight. Y'all don't have to you fight. Can. You both get deals. <laughs> uh, and Liz, lastly this weekend, uh, CFFC Cage Fury Fighting Championships is back in action on Saturday night on UFC Fight Pass. Saturday night. Fantastic broadcast team in action. <laughs> really? Myself. Oh. CM Punk and Jessica Penne will be on the call. Um, I'm actually leaving tonight. The fights are Saturday. Uh, I'm actually taking a red eye tonight out to Philadelphia. Uh, it's at the Parks Casino out there in Philadelphia. So, yeah, be sure to tune in uh, CFFC on uh, on Saturday night. So I suppose. Come on, I suppose man. so. What, do you, what else do you got to do? You'll be uh, laid up. I, oh, literally. <laughs> literally be laid up. All right, listen. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I can pipe in. Uh, I wonder if their TV is. You can watch on your phone, man. That's, That's the true. great thing about Fight Pass. You can be laying in a hospital bed, <laughs> recovering from surgery on your spine to remove a tumor, mm. and you can still you watch, can still watch fights. Fury Fighting Championships <laughs> on USC Fight Pass, no matter where you are. If Cole Coffee can I, watch I, it from the hospital. I, I wonder if I can get a shout out i wonder if i can get a shout out I on the broadcast think we can do that man i'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> if work you find a way in. to work in coffee somewhere in there it doesn't have to be me just like uh, taking in the fights enjoying some nice coffee here i'll work okay that's easy i'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll work that in somehow i mean punk always works in like some paul felder reference Does so, he really? oh yeah he's like that's that's hilarious. he always finds a way to shout out paul felder so <laughs> i'll work out the cold coffee that way yeah, you, you can figure it out you keep, figure it out it'll keep you interested from your from your <laughs> hospital bed. all right listen speaking of other organizations uh the pfl uh is still a few months away it starts in may uh but they announced uh some kind of cool stuff man they're doing this international qualifier series um where they're partnering up with promotions from around the world to host one man four night tournaments basically so you got to fight twice in one night win two fights and if you win that tournament you make it in uh to the pfl you get to be on the regular season roster hopefully advance to the pay- playoffs and uh and 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 for that compete for that million dollars at the end of the season so pretty cool stuff that they announced um you know i i've said it you know with bellator and and rising man i I love it when organizations can work together and figure out a way to to do things and um you know these smaller organizations to to be able to partner up with a bigger promotion have a place to their fighters to go to it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing so um this morning actually uh i had a chance to uh, to speak with uh the pfl ceo peter murray and uh, he kind of shared his thoughts on on what's going on with the, that series and uh, kind of where they're going and what they're targeting in, in 2020. So uh, here's my conversation with uh, Peter Murray. Hey, John, it's Peter Murray. Sorry, Mr. Call. Hey, hey, no worries, Pete. How you doing? This this still work out? Is a good All time right. for you? Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. Good morning. I'm on my way down to Miami for the Super Bowl. Oh, tough assignment. Tough assignment. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, it's just more about just catching up with uh, a lot of folks in the business. Well, listen, um, let, let's talk about this news. I mean, this is kind of big stuff for you guys, kind of expanding the global footprint. So I guess I, I just wanted to start out with figuring out kind of what the idea was. What was the concept? You know, why did you start thinking, hey, this is something, you know, we need to look at? Well, we're a leader in the sport. We have a global stage, uh, and we're in the market for signing the best fighters in the world. And why not do that? in strategic markets outside the U.S. with credible co-promotion partners. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, uh, I guess it's it, safe to say the winners are automatically guaranteed a spot on the roster. Is is, is that how it works? Yeah, uh, each winner of uh, each tournament uh, in the five countries will be given uh, 
awarded an NFL, uh, an NFL, excuse me, a PFL contract. It's Super and, Bowl week. Uh, it's Super Bowl week. You get a pass. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, for an opportunity to compete uh, in, in the 2020 regular season and uh, the caliber of talent that we've evaluated to get into these tournaments, uh, they're absolutely at the uh, – uh, what should I say? Uh, they, they have all the credentials uh, to compete, you know, at the level that uh, we require. So it, it should be really interesting. I mean, there's a there's a tremendous amount of, of interest of fighters around the world uh, to get into the to the PFL and, and fighters who are champions and top ranked with other organizations. So now that we're going into our third season, um, you know, we're, we're upping our game relates to what it takes to get into the PFL. Um, we're in all major conversations and when, when fighters uh, go into free agency. So uh, 2020 is very much about you know next level, but all fighters have to earn their way in. They have to earn their way on the roster to keep their, their, their spot, okay? Uh, and uh, uh, they have to earn their way in if, if they're a new fighter. Know, credentials plus uh you know in this case uh they're gonna have to earn it through uh fighting uh twice in one night and winning to get in I, I like the fighting twice in one night I mean uh you know certainly that's something that's kind of a signature of your promotion I wonder I mean was that more about just practicality because you know you want to get get some elimination nope. going or, or did you just no, say we want to test it we, we we own that we own fight twice <laughs> You know, fight twice in, in, in one night is, is, a, is part of the DNA of, of the league and, and our playoff. And, and why not uh, continue uh, to expand that model and, and test fighters' metal? and the toughest fighters will get in. Yeah, no question. Talk to me about the talent that's going to be there. I mean, are, are you having to go out and – and kind of find four people or approve four people? Or, I mean, I because mean, I, I guess if these people are fighting for a way in, you, you kind of want to have some Yeah, it's so di- it, no different. Right. Yeah, listen, no different than, you know, Ray Seffo heads our, our fighter operations and, and matchmaking. Uh, you know, Ray and his team is, is, is looking at, you know, all the data and analytics and, and film of, of, of fighters and, and, again, their credentials. Um, and, and, you know, the first question that we ask ourselves about any fighter um, who's on the list to get into the league is, can this fighter be champion in this weight class? Does this fighter, that fighter, have what it takes uh, to challenge the champion and then looking at uh, the other caliber of talent get through? And, and that's really the first question. And so this is no different in the International Qualifier Series of working with our partners in each country uh, and looking at, you know, we settled, you know, we finally got down to four in each country that we feel are, are, are at the, the right level, right, uh, in terms of their, uh, their capability and, uh, and all other, you know, criteria that, that comes with it. Um, but we, we said a no, we, you know, there are a lot of no's, you know, before we got to, you know, the top four in each country. Talk about working with other organizations. I mean, this is not something we see a ton of in MMA. I mean, uh, 
you know, the UFC famously doesn't co-promote. So, I mean, it's this isn't, a, a, you know, a straight co-promotion, but logistically, you know, how difficult is it to, to work with other promotions and, and, and set something like this up? Yeah, yeah, our, we're doing things differently, and, and for us, uh, the way we cast the net for talent is a lot different than, than, than the other guys. And uh, we're pretty confident in our brand, in our platform, in our format, and uh, to work with regional promotions. You know, we operate on a global stage. Uh, those other promotions are regional. And, you know, our mission is to reimagine and grow the sport and absolutely uh, expand the sport, not only in the U.S., but certainly outside the U.S. where there's a tremendous amount of business potential for us. No doubt. You, you guys are working with, with UAE Warriors in the, in the, uh, in the Arab Emirates. Uh, have you named the other promotions that you're, that you're working you with? Yeah, we haven't, John. We, we haven't done that yet. We will be doing that over the next two weeks, so we'll be in touch. Uh, I, I mean, our partnerships are lined up. Uh, we just don't have the details ready for announcement. But yes, uh, we, uh, we we have agreements with with four uh, other organizations. Got it. And obviously, the the prize here is the chance to get into the, the 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 field for the you know the season and hopefully the million dollars. But I mean, is there is there a financial gain here for the fighters that win as well? I mean, is there is there money on the line, or is this more just about the opportunity? Uh, you know, it, it's more about the opportunities for, uh, the contract with the PFL. That is the prize, uh, to fight, uh, you know, on a, on a global stage with uh, a leader such as the PFL and our co-promotion partners recognize that. And unlike here in the U S you know, promoters, you know, we can't stage events and represent fighters. It, it's, uh, as you know, it's, it's much different outside the U S. Right. So these promotions are happy to have. Uh, another outlet uh, for their talent. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, I mean, what can you tell me after your second season? I mean, any were there any specific lessons or you know ideas that you took after the second season and said, "Man, this is this is what we got to do to 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 keep developing," or you know, this was a big win or this was a big loss. I mean, were there, sure. were there key lessons that you took out of your second season? Always, always on a lot of levels, but the big takeaway, uh, our first year on ESPN was a success. Uh, New Year's Eve is, is, is less of a challenge and more of an opportunity based on the audience that uh, we, uh, we delivered uh, domestically with 400,000 linear. Um, and, you know, outside the U.S., our viewership was 3 million plus. Wow. So in a short amount of time, you know, we're, we're really building momentum behind growing fans. And ultimately, that that's our job. And uh, so I was really happy with, with um, the, the outcome of the season, you know, number one on ESPN. And two, uh, the playoffs. Uh, we brought it to uh, it's our first time in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I think we did it in, 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 in big fashion. In a big town like that, and with a partner in MGM Mandalay Bay, we did a, you know, again a little different from from the other guys, where we did a a three event residency in the month of October. So we had a great experience there. And from a fighter standpoint, as we look at the success and what's exciting about last season, you know, we look at Kayla Harrison. I mean, Kayla, she did her business. You know, she went pro with us. Two years ago, last year, we launched the first ever 155 weight class. 
and uh, Kayla continued on an undefeated streak and is, is now, you know, the champions in, in, in 155 weight class. She's top three ranked fighter in the world. Yep. Uh, you may have those stats, but you know, we're, we're really proud of what she's achieved and what she's going to do in the sport and with the PFL. And next year, you know, she, like the other champions, will be challenged because the talent level, and is our goal, will elevate year over year. So, you know, 2018, it was the easiest ride to get in. And, keep <laughs> you, and you know, last year... You know, we stepped up our game, and, and frankly, fighters expect that. Athletes in any sport, okay, any sport, including MMA, want three things. Any athlete, whether it's individual athlete or team athlete, they want to compete against the best, right? They, they, they want to compete on the largest stage, and they want to be champions, and all that comes with that. And so we're offering... We're a new alternative to fighters who grew up aspiring to go to one place or the other. Uh, but now fighters have options and top fighters have options. So not just next generation talent or stepping stone. No, you know, we will uh, provide a lot of discovery to fans about next generation, you know, ushering in the next generation of great fighters through the PFL. But we'll also be bringing and top-ranked talent like and, and, and championship-level talent or champion-level talent like Lori McDonald's of the world. And that's what really makes it interesting. And, and the fact that all of our fighters have to earn it and really love that about the PFL. And, and that's a big part of, of what we're all about. You know, fighters have to earn their way. No question. Well, what can you what can you tease us uh, about 2020? Uh, you know, details we don't have yet, but, I mean, is there anything you can share in terms of, you know, when the season's going to start? Uh, will we do the Vegas sure, residency sure. again? We haven't I mean, what announced teases? the schedule. Yep, season will start in May. Uh, we haven't announced the schedule. Uh, we will be announcing, uh, you know, our, our new fight, who's staying, and uh, meaning, meaning who we're keeping on the roster, and uh, new fighter signings across the six weight classes uh, in February, March. So we'll be announcing those fighters uh, individually. Um, and so we'll be talking more and we're excited about that. And, and we'll continue to uh, lead with innovation. So under our smart cage technology this past year, you know, another accomplishment in our view and how we're, we're advancing the sport is every fight, every fighter, they were measured, their, their punch speed uh, was measured every fight, every fighter. We were the first ever to do that. And those are tools for the athletes, and it's context for the fans, and it's integrated into the live experience. Uh, and we will be announcing three new innovations within the smart cage that will advance the sport and obviously propel the PFL. Very cool. And as far as the qualifier series, um, are, how do we watch those? Are they going to be distributed live? Will they be taped? Is there... Yeah, great question. Great question. So in, 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 the, country, in, the, in the countries with our co-promotion partners, uh, these are technically their events, and they have those distribution rights. The PFL will be strip, distributing uh, uh, those fights off road to the PFL uh, fights uh, within their events. Uh, with our current broadcast partners, 
Okay. Um, in addition to the shooting on uh, our PFL app, uh, PFL live app, as well as our controlled uh, channels on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitch. Got it. Got it. Very cool. Well, listen, I mean, cool, cool announcement. I guess it's kind of an unofficial kickoff to 2020, you know, kind of a cool way to start it. What's uh, to wrap it up, I guess. I mean, what's, what's the goal this year? What's uh, what's, what's, what do you want to accomplish to to feel like you, you you did good this year? Uh, For 2020, uh, it's all about next level talent um, and, 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 drive in growth of our fan base, you know, just growing our fan base here in the U.S. And then critically important are the, the, the continued steps that we're going to take internationally and, and international qualifier series is just one example of that. So more to come. And what, what, I, what I should say is while our season starts in May, the PFL's lights are never off. This is preseason and we got a lot of action going on in anticipation of the start of the season with uh, fights around the world with international qualifier series, other content that we'll be producing to give fans access uh, to our fighters and telling their story leading up to uh, leading up to May. So uh, lights are never off. That's what's fun about it. Okay, so there it was. Pete Murray, optimistic about what the PFL is doing in 2020, throwing out some uh, some audience figures there that uh, might might surprise some people. I, I know certainly me. I was I was a little surprised to hear it, but I, I like what he's saying. And boy, the other thing too that I thought he he keyed in on that I think people are so I don't say ignorant about sometimes, but just don't think about it, is when he said, "Listen, of course we're trying to grow in the U.S." But we've got opportunities internationally, man, and there's you know there's so much opportunity out there, boy. And that's what I've tried to stress from day one. When you have yeah. all these people that are like, man, is the popularity of, of of MMA does it seem like it's you know falling short? Does is it, it seem plateaued? like it's plateaued? Like, dude, you're looking at one market, man. You're talking about the U.S. Open your eyes, bro. There is there is opportunity everywhere, and that means TV deals everywhere and money everywhere. I mean, there's there's opportunity internationally, so. Um, it's it's cool that they're they're hearing that as well because as he said, man, options for fighters that's a good thing, man. That's just yeah. a, a good thing, a, a, another place for for people to be able to make some cash. You know, I think it's good. I saw saw Lance Palmer over the weekend, man. I was like, that dude has made two million bucks. You know what I mean? Like how how amazing is that? You know, I mean that's that's awesome to see things like that. So. Uh, good for him. Uh, should say, by the way, if you like what you're hearing, and I don't see why you wouldn't. It's, it's high-quality MMA content. Mm. So if you like what you're doing, make sure that you're subscribed uh, to wherever you pick it up. I, my pre- preferred platform is Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed in there. Make sure you tell some other people about us, man. you got some other friends that are MMA fans. Make sure they're listening. Uh, if you can go in there and leave us some feedback, some reviews, man. Love it when people leave some reviews on the podcast app so you can uh, hopefully leave us five stars. We, we appreciate all that good stuff. So, uh, help spread the word, man. It means a lot to us. So, uh, listen, I, I mentioned uh, running into Lance Palmer. I ran into uh, 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 Cub Swanson over there as well. I was at a Bell Tour 238 this past weekend. Uh, it was good to see him actually walking around. I yeah. mean, blew out his knee. It's uh, I, I hated to see that happen, man. Because you rough. know. And I, and I told him that too. I was like, "Dude, I have, I am one of these guys that says you guys should be able to compete more and you should be able to grapple more because you can make some money, you can have some fun, and and you won't get hurt." And I'm like, 
and then you go and get hurt, man, and yeah. pull out your knee. I was like, it, it sucks, but it was good to see him around, man. He was he was with his team out there, and uh, with Juan Archuleta, of course, and uh, you know their their crew was all together. But it was good to see him at least up and moving about and, and, and starting to make some recovery. Yeah, you know? did it give sort of a time frame, or it's still going to be a while, man. Yeah, that and you're right because when it happened, it's just like one of those things. They're <clears throat> in the middle of just the grappling, and it it wasn't. Like anything crazy, you no. know. I mean, it's just poor positioning on it's it. Bad positioning. I guess that's the that's the crazy thing about jujitsu. You yep. know, is that literally if you if you get in the wrong spot, you could just be bad for you. Yank something out. But man, I remember the shields Dana let would, off off yeah. of him immediately. I remember like, Dana was in the crowd. Dana was just like, Ugh. <laughs> but it, and it was, but he was like he wasn't the only one. I, I know. Everybody was just like, Aww. no, I can't believe we just saw that happen. You know? So ridiculous. It was it so was terrible. A uh, couple quick thoughts on 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 Bellator two thirty eight. I haven't talked about it much since, but um, Cyborg is still Cyborg, man. And, and you know it was uh, the atmosphere. I gotta say, man, the forum is a really cool place. You know, in the in the pre fight uh, podcast, I I, I I didn't rag on it, but I, I did. It's funny because when you go and you, and, you, and you do a show at the Forum and you stay at, at the hotels in Inglewood, I mean, you basically never leave LAX, you know what I mean? So you don't get much of the LA vibe. But as far as a, a location for a fight, man, that venue is cool, man. It's just something about it's the right size, the seating is set up. I, I don't know, but it was a good atmosphere. Cyborg, I thought, looked fantastic. Um, she's just she's still Cyborg, you know what I mean? This was, uh, you know, she was measured in her approach, but still powerful. And then and then once she saw a chance to finish it, man, she she did it. Um, and and it was funny, man. It, you know, Julia Budd afterwards said, you know. It, the, the forward pressure, the constant forward pressure just threw her off a little bit. And it's crazy because at this point, I mean, everybody knows what Cyborg is going to bring to the table. You know what I mean? She's going to bring forward pressure. She's going to bring powerful strikes. That's the, that's what she's going to do. But it still, it still throws people off when they get in there um, just because I think, you know, it's hard to get somebody to replicate what she does in there. Yeah. she's When she is on and she is moving forward and she feels good, she's – as devastating as anything. I think it just – she felt human after what Amanda was able yes. to do. Everybody sort of forgot yep. what Cyborg was, and Cyborg is a killing machine. Yep. Um, so it was fantastic to see her go in there and do it. Uh, do what she did. She looked just absolutely incredible. Um, what an impressive display of uh, striking and just that power that we knew that she had. It was just crazy because in the last couple times we've seen Cyborg fight – We've seen people take the power, yep. and we we're like, okay, maybe it's diminished. Maybe something's happening. Okay, this is when people are going to start beating Cyborg, but that was vintage Cyborg. That was Cyborg that looks uh, as good as she has ever done. And you know, it's yeah. funny because you say vintage, and I think that's the right word, but it's the vintage, refined Cyborg as well. You yeah. know, not just the wild, you know, aggressive killer like right. she was measured. You know, and, and I thought she did a good job of you know being patient. She's done. She's gotten so good with much with, better with her patient. I yep. think she's been. So uh, she's been so fortunate so many times in the past that she could be a little bit more rash because her power, once she laid her hands on people, people were dropping and then she could just kind of finish them off, you know. But then it got to a point where as she started to have to learn to kind of hold off because people were, were taking that power, people were evading the punches. And then we started seeing, you know, stamina an issue, you know, cardio, what's going on, that she she learned to kind of control her pacing in there, and ever since she's done that, so to still have that power, because we see people just like Fedor that have that power. Like that power, it might not be what it was, right. but it is still devastating. The last power. thing to go, they always say. Yeah. So now the fact that she's got the power and she's controlling herself a lot more, she's she's 
maturing. She's yes. still maturing yes. into the sport. Um, so I mean that's it's wonderful. So I'm good good for her to to be a champ again and. Uh, it's going to be tough to take that away. It's going to be very tough to take that away. Uh, Darian Caldwell, man, I think he looks like a different animal at 145 pounds, yeah. man. Just like it, just he looks healthy, man. I mean, yeah. he, he, his weight cuts were awful at 135. Yeah. Um, and he looks healthy and he and he's fighting great. I felt bad for Adam Borges because I, I like that kid a lot, man. And and you could see. Um, the emotion on, on his sleeve. Yeah. Um, that that was a, a great fight. Sergio Pettis had a, a phenomenal Boy, performance. Didn't he man, he looked like something. That was fun, and it was cool too Woo. for Sergio to come in afterwards and, and just be like, "Yeah, man." He was like, "I was nervous as hell, man." He's like, "I tried to. I don't. I don't tell you guys that. Yeah. You know, ahead of time, but yeah, I was nervous, and this is, you know, but that I looked like the biggest power shot I think I've ever seen him deliver. I mean, like devastating. I was like, "Holy cow, where was this guy yep. at?" You know, devastating. Good for stuff. him. Uh, Raymond Daniels, obviously, he he uh, he is very uh, special when it comes to striking. That was a great performance by him. There was a really cool moment. I wish that I had my phone on me so I, was, I could record it, and I didn't. I was standing at my camera ready to record the scrum, and my phone was sitting back at my computer plugged in, um, and I wish I would have had it because – Jason King, who Raymond Daniels knocked out, was married to, or is married to, I should say, Emily King, who won uh, the first fight of the night by beating, oh. by beating Ava Knight. Now, Emily didn't come immediately back to the back to do her winner's interview because she wanted to watch her husband fight, right? Well, her husband gets, you know, defeated pretty soundly, we'll say, by, by Raymond Daniels. I mean, if it was a, you know, he got beat up, if, if it was just an easy way to say it. And it showed Emily briefly, you know, kind of emotional afterwards, of course. Nobody wants to see that happen to a loved one, not your husband. Yeah. But because she waited to come back, um, her and Raymond Daniels ended up in the back together. And it was so cool because Emily was leaving the scrum and Raymond was walking to the scrum. And, and they were both walking you know, in the same vicinity. And Raymond stopped and, and talked to her and, and was basically like, hey, you know, kind of apologizing to a degree, you know, like I know this is difficult for you, but, you know, your, your husband, you know, saying good words about her husband. And it was just so cool, the two martial artists, you know, he was basically being, you know, congratulations on your victory tonight. You looked amazing. Uh, you know, your husband is a fine competitor. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys taking the fight. And she was so cool about it too because, you know, she's like, no, no, no. She's like, listen, it's it's two sides of the coin, you know what I mean? Like we need opponents as well and you're just going in and doing your job. There's certainly nothing personal, no hard feelings. You know, it was just a cool moment yeah. that, you know, they didn't have to say anything. To, you know, they could have just passed in the hallway and nobody said anything. You know, but to to take that moment to say, "Hey, listen, I I, I know what you're going through, and you know, I I, I respect and appreciate you, man." I, I thought it was a cool moment between yeah, martial cool. artists. You know, that is cool. It was cool to see. And then, uh, you know, shout outs to. Then he leaves the room, and then she starts bad talking. <laughs> that asshole. That asshole. <laughs> oh man, I appreciate uh, you. Fucker. Exactly. Uh, Aaron Pico, man, I thought he looked great. And that kid, man, he had so much emotion on, yeah. on. He was wearing his heart on his sleeve all week, too. And um, I, I think that kid still got some upside to him, man. He's still so young and, 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 and has so much talent. Uh, I think he's still going to be some. But that was a big win for Aaron Pico. Uh, AJ Agazarm, I've, I've become fond of that guy, man. He's a good dude. He's become quite fond of you? Yeah. He's, hey, we're boys. And we go like that, man. I, I like that guy. Uh, my boy, J.J. Wilson. I told you guys to look out for J.J. Wilson. Uh, he went all the way to the second round this time but he's still undefeated uh curtis millinder oh, that guy's always fun to talk to man he yeah. had a big win as well so a lot of fun out there at bellator 238 it was a good card man it was i really was did like stuff. it same night uh just briefly um 
the card, the UFC card in North Carolina. By the way, if you listen to our pre-fight breakdown, I said make sure you catch the first couple fights of the night. I was like, then switch over to Bellator and then come back for the end. And boy, did I get it right, man! I nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to pat myself on yeah, the back right here, man. Herbert Burns uh, with the big knockout over Nate Landwehr to start the night. Uh, man, just phenomenal highlight there from Herbert Burns. And then Brett Johns, Tony Gravely um, was a fun, fun fight. Brett Johns is tough, and he deserved that win. But Tony Gravely, man, that guy is uh, that guy is going to be good, man. He, I mean, he's, he's got a ton of experience, but um, I just like that kid, man. He's got a great attitude and uh, a great work ethic, and, and I like him. I think he's gonna he's gonna be good. And then uh, then you you wound up with six straight decisions. Uh, kind of slows things down a little bit. I said yeah. I thought the middle of the card would be a little slow, but then uh, man, Angela Hill came out and had a big win there. She's on a little run. Uh, Alex Perez uh, looks like he might be a contender at flyweight. Michael Chiesa, man, that dude is is the real deal at 170 pounds. And then uh, and then Curtis Blades, the the big win there. Um, Curtis Blades, I, I you know happy for Curtis Blades. He's talking about title shot, and he is up there at the top. He's just in a rough spot right now, man. But be, with the two losses to Nagano, yeah. Um, he, he can't really be calling for a shot until Nagano has one. You know what I mean? It, now, if Nagano loses to, to Jairzinho Rosenstruck, okay, then then you, then you start talking because I'm sure Rosenstruck will be like, well, what about me? I'm 5-0 and now. I'm the yeah. hot new commodity. But Blades could say, hey, you know, back of the line. Um, but he's just behind me. Or at least just behind me. At least behind me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the second in line. It's just behind me. Uh, but the other thing, too, is you just got to get a title fight in there. And Stipe, um, I mean, you can't really blame Stipe for, for, for giving Cormier the, the, the cold shoulder a little bit, right? I mean, Cormier did it to him. Yeah. Um, but you know, he hopefully they get something fight. announced. He knows it's a tough fight. I mean, it's no guarantee. He went in there and looked really good the last time he fought Daniel. But you're right. He made him wait. And there's probably easier fights for him out there. So if you had your choice, I mean, would you pick the guy that was – a dominant champ? Or no, but I, I, I've got the different attitude than these guys. I would take the easiest road possible. Yeah. These guys are I was like, give me the toughest give test the, possible. I want to fight the toughest. I'm yeah. telling you, I would not. I would be like, dude, who is the suckiest guy you got <laughs> that I can still get paid? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I want that That's one. That's the one. Who's the worst matchup? Like, who, who has the easiest style for me to beat? That's what I want. Be like, Dana, you know, you guys got a great promotional. Can Find a way for the number 34 guy to be the guy I fight. And you guys spin him like he's the new upcoming thing. <laughs> yeah, talk him what up, man. What do you mean man? he's O and O? That's fine. He should deserve the title shot. So you're saying he's undefeated in the <laughs> UFC? He's undefeated. <laughs> Someone's O's got to go on this one, fellas. Uh, that's great. All right, listen. Uh, well, I mentioned not a lot of uh, MMA this weekend, uh, other than CFFC, of course, which you definitely want to tune in for. The other stuff, you know, it's okay. But Cage Fury Fighting yeah. Championship Saturday night UFC Fight Pass. That's solid. You're gonna want to watch that. Uh, but I will say, if you're looking for something a little different, uh, World Letway Championships returns this weekend. It's actually kind of overnight tonight, basically. I would imagine uh, by the time most people listen to it, it will already happen. But, of course, that's the great thing about Fight Pass. You can just pick it up on demand. Uh, it happens from over there in Myanmar. I've become a fan of, of Letway. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, it is, of course, a, a striking art. It's uh, – uh, you know, every, everything is legal, basically. Punches, elbows, kicks, knees, headbutts. headbutts. Uh, <laughs> and you only get to wear hand wraps. You don't wear gloves either. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild, and the, the, the atmosphere that you get there um, is, is pretty intense. Uh, but, you know, I'd heard some rumblings that they're looking to expand. You know, they, they do shows over in Myanmar right now um, in Southeast Asia, which is uh, where the sport originated. 
Um, but they're looking to, to spread. They're looking to go international, including um, a show in the United States in, in 2020. So with that in mind, I had a chance to speak with Gerald Ng, I think is how you say it. It's Ng, which I, so yeah. I apologize. If you, mm. It's kind of a – yeah, it's, it's that it's not really a good – English equivalent, I guess, <laughs> but uh, he is the president of World Lightweight Championship, and uh, I think it's pronounced Dolo. <laughs> <laughs> it may be Dolo. Uh, we had a chance to speak with him about the event and about kind of his his plans. And so, uh, if you're looking, like I said, if you're looking for something a little different on USC Fight Pass, their event is Friday. And here is my uh, my conversation with Gerald from uh, World Lightweight Championship. Hey, Gerald, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Ah, oh, fantastic, fantastic. This is still a good time for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No worries. It's uh, it's fight week, so so it's a crazy, crazy time. <laughs> no, no, I understand. Let's get into it, man. I mean, start out. I mean, Lethway obviously is kind of a, uh, a a new thing here in the United States, or at least not a well known thing. So, um, give me an idea, of just kind of how you started and and how you you know kind of got into it. I mean, was this something you were passionate about, or just a business opportunity? How, how did you get into it? Uh, I was a big martial arts fan um, growing up, and. Um, worked in one championship for a bit and um, yeah I've always been crazy but even for a big martial arts fan as myself growing up you never really hear about Lewe it wasn't one of the sports that people talk about um, and I guess it's because um, Myanmar wasn't that open back then and um, there wasn't access to quality content there wasn't um, really professional promotions putting up events um so um we we created world level championship about four years ago a bunch of um, burmese businessmen who um sponsored world level, uh sponsored one championship and um and are their, uh, we are still their event partner in myanmar right now and they they just we were just having a, a drink together and they were like this this amazing sport in our country and nobody knows about it and we want to get into sports, but we don't want to do something that everybody else in the world can do. And Lewe was just a perfect um, platform for us to showcase the culture of Myanmar and um, its amazing traditions and history and uh, and put on amazing shows. Nice. I guess for people that haven't seen it, I mean, I, the way I would describe it, I guess, is, is Muay Thai, but with no gloves and with headbutts. I mean, is, is, there a, is there a better way or a simpler way or a, a more eloquent way to describe it? I mean, how do you, uh, how, how would you describe it to, to, uh, to somebody that hasn't seen it before? It's so, it's so much more nuanced than that. Um, because of the differences in the rules and because of how the sport has evolved over the years, um, it's just the techniques involved are completely different. And um, and right now, a lot of lower gyms here teach completely different stuff that could actually work in MMA fights. It just hasn't been used um, as prevalently as other sports. Um, and there's this whole plethora of arsenal of strikes that people that are waiting to be discovered. And our, that's part of our goal as well is that we want to eventually be able to open up gyms in all the different countries like how you have taekwondo schools in every city in the world um our plan is to be able to do that for lewe and then that's our gateway to making it mainstream as well and making people understand that um yeah uh, it kind of looks like muay thai but it's completely different so i was going to ask you i mean what is the acceptance level of letway in myanmar i mean i know it's kind of a 
I mean, uh, it's it's you know that's the host nation, so to speak. But I mean, is is everybody okay with it? I mean, it is a little bit violent, a little bit graphic, or whatever. I mean, is it something that's accepted throughout the country, or is it a, a niche sport, so to speak? What, what's the acceptance level there? Is um is ingrained in the culture of Burmese people. Um, Lewe has been around for a thousand years, so it's kind of part of everyday life for them. Uh, so it has a huge fan following here. Uh, but most of the promoters here, like I said, are still doing it in a really old-fashioned way. Um, so fans know about Lewe. Some hardcore fans love Lewe. Um, and, but they've never seen Lewe partner together with amazing promotion, amazing um, production quality. And, um, and that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to elevate the level of, of um, the entertainment value we're watching um, Lewe um, with our show. Yeah. What's, give me an idea of like the, the, the career of the athletes. I mean, guys that do this, can they, can they do it a long time? I mean, it does seem like it's, uh, you know, may, maybe more physically taxing on guys than maybe other martial arts or, or other combat sports might be. I mean, uh, is, is the long-term health of these guys a concern as, the, as they compete? I think um, what we're seeing now is that Lewe is, kind of the ultimate striking martial and it might not be for everybody right now but it will eventually and we we are already commissioning a few studies um with universities with hospitals both here and internationally um to find out the long-term um effects of doing leeway against doing other martial arts every every kind of Sport, basically, American football, soccer, they all come with inherent risk. And um, I think we can, the best that we can do right now is to find out um, what the what the inherent risk is compared to other sports. Um, but from just no medical data, just from witnessing these guys, um, Burmese guys have been fighting since they were teenagers. And they've been doing it till they were 30, till they're 40. And um, they have long, healthy lives after. So there are always going to be a couple of freak injuries. There are always going to be a couple of guys who um, get injured and have a recurring injury and have to stop. But we have not had any evidence of um, long-term injury that is more significant than doing any other sport. Very nice. So, give me the vision. I mean, I've I've watched a couple of the shows, and I'll be honest. I mean, I'm I'm into it. I I think it's uh incredibly interesting, man. It's it's uh, it, it changes things. Obviously, the 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 the, the no gloves, the headbutts. I mean, it changes everything. So, wh- what do you see as the ultimate vision? I mean, is this a a global type property, or uh, you know, is it just kind of going to stay in Asia? I mean, get, what's what's the thought process for you? No, absolutely. We, we we have huge plans in 2020 to expand globally, um, beginning with Cambodia, Thailand, Japan. And we're going to do our first show in the U.S. in the fourth quarter of this year. And we believe that there's a legitimate position within the whole uh, mainstream sports media landscape of, um, of layaway content. And... The, the way we try to position ourselves is um, we sell ourselves as combat sports to fans of the UFC, fans of MMA, fans of um, kickboxing. But with these guys, um, people have been 
accustomed or conditioned to to MMA. And when you talk to an MMA fan now, you you think that um, it's so easily accepted. But it wasn't like that 20 years ago. And basically, that's where we are at right now. Um, and we believe that we can go on a similar trajectory um, for Lewe. And we also position ourselves in a way where if you're not a huge fan of the striking in general, to incorporate the culture, the country we are in, um, of the people and it becomes kind of uh, when you watch the show you you see Lewe right now in Myanmar so um, we've only done shows in Myanmar so far and you watch it and you you will want to go to that place as a destination both to check out World Lewe Championship as well as to check out the the destination there so there, I feel like there is that space within the sports market for us um, and we've expanded so quickly in the past three years um, the sky really is the limit. That's awesome. The, as far as the United States goes, have you have you started to look into regulation and that sort of thing? Is is uh, is it going to be an issue, or, or does it fit within the the guidelines that we currently have in place in the United States? I think if you just look at what the UFC did in in uh, the early nineties, that's kind of where we're at right now. There are states that will accept us. There are um, places where we can hold shows, um, and there are also commissions that are state first in their refusal to um, sanction uh, Lewe at this moment. Um, but the the the, um, the initial discussions, and we are pretty advanced in, in these discussions, um, are that we can have a plethora of states where we can do our show in, and with this, with getting our, our foot in the door, there and starting and proving to them what we what we do and the impact on the athletes we believe that eventually it can be accepted all over the country nice uh you know you mentioned mma i know seth bazinski came over there and things didn't go so well for him uh are, are you are you planning on having more kind of crossover type fights like that where you take mma veterans is that in the plans or um you know did his maybe lack of success uh, maybe you know shy you away from bringing over MMA fighters. No, not at all. Um, and Seth was an amazing professional. He was. Um, he he came in, did everything that you want a consummate professional to do. And he left, and he was incredibly excited about the opportunity and the experience. And he's been talking to everyone in the US about um about our show and trying to get fighters to join World Lightweight Championship and. Um, we are in 2020. We've we've done um, ten shows so far. The shows on Friday is going to be our 11th. And what we're going to do as we expand events and with more shows internationally is get uh, more recognizable names to compete in Lewe. And I've spoken to hundreds of. really encouraging so far um so we're really really close to signing a few guys that almost anybody who's into combat sports will know um ufc guys um ex kickboxing champions karate champions taekwondo champions um so it's really really exciting times um and any major name that becomes a free agent right now we are going to be going in there with an offer 
That's awesome. Well, what should we look for on, on this Friday show? If, if somebody's tuning in maybe for the first time, I know, like you said, maybe not the recognizable names, but are there any insights you can offer us into maybe who we should be keeping an eye on or you know what fights you're expecting to, to, to really be exciting? So the main event is the, the middleweight world lightweight champion. Um, and right now the current champion is the this Burmese guy by the name of Tutu. And in Myanmar, he's recognizable all over the country. He can't, he can't walk on the streets um, without people stopping him for photos. He can't go anywhere. And um, But in on his whole martial arts career, he had one blemish, which was he went to Thailand when he was really, really early in his career and he lost to a fighter from Uzbekistan. Um, and this this Uzbek fighter, Namjong Tutapov, his career after that fight, after that win, has been on a skyward trajectory as well. And and uh, and he's one of those guys that he could beat any of the best in the world at any given day, but just that he doesn't have the international name right, right now. This is going to be the biggest fight we've done. Um, he, can Tutu avenge his one loss or can um, Namjong do it again? Beat him, and this time in his sport, and and um and get his title, which is gonna be, which is gonna cause headline news all over the country, and um and it's really really exciting. Very cool. I, I will definitely be tuned in, man. I you you can count a fan in me. I I have really enjoy it, man. The the music in the background and the whole atmosphere, man. It really makes for something fun to watch. But I guess if maybe you're approaching somebody for the first time or they haven't tuned in. You know, how do you pitch it? What's what's your what's your uh, what's your sales pitch to them to, to say why they should you know tune into Fight Pass and and, uh, and check it out for the first time? If you're if you're if you have uh, even an inkling of of uh, affection towards combat sports, I would sell this um, event as the most wholesome, holistic experience you can get. Um, and I don't know if I'm using the word right, but if you want to be entertained by fights, and like you said, if you want to enjoy the whole experience that goes around the fight, and you want to experience the culture, then this is the this is um, the one event you should definitely watch, and you'll be fascinated by what you learn in terms of the crazy um, techniques that these guys use. Right, so that was the World Letway Championship president joining us from all the way over in Myanmar. Appreciate his time. Had a, a a little connectivity issue there from time to time, but overall, I was I was I was happy that the uh, connection stayed up. Thank thank you to the fine folks at WhatsApp for making that voice call possible. Uh, by the way, if you if you're loving what you're hearing, and I don't see why you wouldn't, because it's high quality MMA content. Uh, take it to the next level. Patreon.com/slash the MMA Roadshow. If you'd like to uh, reach out to us and subscribe there, to, to give us a, a financial donation. Help help support the show. Uh, there is a cost involved in it, not to mention, uh, you know, we're just giving you all this content for free. 
Yeah. We certainly would appreciate it. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Somebody's got to re- help replenish the, the frosty beverages. The frosty beverages. That's a significant cost. <laughs> for Almost as much as the, the server cost. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but, no, we would appreciate that. Uh, by the way, th- that's something I really want to work on this year in 2020 is kind of building a nice community there. Uh, and with that in mind, I will say Patreon member uh, Hans Bjorklund, he had asked recently about Frank Mir and how he's feeling, about, uh, how he's feeling after stem cells. And so uh, I wanted to follow up with him. I'm actually going to do uh, – it kind of spurned a little thought in me, and, and thanks to Hans, I'm going to uh, do a little bit further story on this and basically that the whole stem cell process and what's going on. So I'm going to do a little bit more on it. But I had a chance to talk to Frank Muir uh, the other night, and so I wanted to give Hans that update and, of course, everybody else. Um, Frank Muir did uh, go, uh, go down to Columbia and uh, get the, the, the stem cell treatment. Of course, they have to go uh, basically outside the United States because this, the stem cell treatments are not legal right now. The FDA, I think, is a little bit uh, hesitant to get involved in all that uh, stuff and get it approved right now. So um, you have to go outside the country to do it. And, and uh, I guess once you do it, it's, you're, it's recommended to take a month off, um, I guess, to kind of let the, 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 the process take, so to speak. You know, huh. the cells kind of do their thing. So uh, he just took a month off, but he's getting back in the gym right now. So he's just starting to get back to training. I think actually this week uh, was the first week he was back in the gym. Um, and uh, my understanding is he has nothing on the books right now with Bellator, but he does have one fight left on his deal, uh, as best I understand it, and uh, he's looking to get something booked uh, quickly, actually. Uh, so maybe something in the next couple of months we'll have some news on Frank Mir and what his next fight is. But he is back in the gym, starting to get himself into shape. Um, said he was a little more conscientious than he has been in the past of uh, letting himself get overweight when he doesn't have a, a fight, fight. booked. Uh, <laughs> so he uh, he was a little bit more conscientious about this time, so he doesn't have as much to uh, to kind of lose. And, and like I said, we're actually going to do a little bit more research on the on the stem cell stuff. And and another one, um, another shout out I want to give to the Patreon community over there as well. Um, I did get a chance to see, uh, of course, myself and Cold Coffee. Uh, both you can reach us both on there. There's a, uh, a messaging platform there on Patreon. If you're a member mm-hmm. of, you can certainly reach us out. And uh, I did want to give a shout out to Jared Sorensen as well, man. I saw the messages um, that you guys were sharing back and forth yeah. uh, ahead of your surgery, man. And, and I thought that was pretty cool of him to chime in with uh, with his words of wisdom and words of encouragement. Yeah. So, uh, man, that's maybe cool. I'll share some uh, some some pics on there for our uh, Patreon. Oh. If anybody wants to see some random ass pictures of tumors on spines. Yeah, give us some tumor <laughs> pictures, man. So that would be that would be huge, man. Maybe before or after picture. What do they they put it in like formaldehyde in like a glass jar oh, or God, something let gross. you hang on to it? But I could at least show MRI or like CT scans yeah. at least beforehand or well, something. there you go. If you want updates, join patreon.com slash anime roadshow. <laughs> Cold Coffee will, will keep you updated on his procedure. So, yeah. um, I will not live stream. Like I, I hear that's a thing that people do a lot of times now is like Live stream their like surgery. Live stream surgery. You're gonna be out though, right? I know it wouldn't be me. Oh, but somebody, somebody else does to, live stream. Yeah. Like there was something like some woman had brain surgeon, brain surgery recently and live streamed it. Can you do that? I mean, I, I think you can. The doctors would have to sign off. with I'm they? sure they did yeah. or whatever. Probably for just to, I don't know, better science. You know, just to show like this is what happens. You know, and if you're willing to show it, it could be educational. It could be, and you know what? I mean, you know? I mean, I don't know if it would add. I can't imagine it would add pressure, I mean, to what they're doing. But, I mean, they shouldn't be trying to hide anything, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean most of them are probably already sort of documented in some sense. But you never know. You sign – you sign when you go to do the surgery. You sign away the parts they say that this might be filmed. Because they, if there is a procedure uh, that can be something that could be used for education, something better. Yeah. It is something like – even in my case, I mean, it's not 
common, but to have two different surgeons, if they have to kind of work it together, this is something they could use to say, this is how, you know, if you're taking one surgeon that has to go from the back and one that has to go from the front, how the handoff can happen or whatever. Hopefully it's like, see what great ways everything works or whatever, or whatever. I mean, so you kind of sign off to allow them to videotape it and, and right. to do all that kind of stuff for educational stuff. So you never know. I you dig it. Know. I dig it, man. We'll, yeah. we'll share whatever you can. Obviously, we'll be sending yeah. uh, good vibes away. We, uh, I will be in Houston next week. Of course, you were going to be on that show with me, but uh, obviously not I making not the trip now. You'll be recovering. <laughs> uh, maybe a few days in the hospital, from what we understand. Uh, based on my, so it's a, uh, you know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to maximize it. But it's it's a pretty big surgery. We don't make yeah. too big of a deal of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty big surgery. So you're going to be in there for a couple of days recovering. I'll be there. Uh, my mom is actually going to drive out from Dallas, so I'll nice. see her on fight night. But uh, we will do a show. Uh, Cole Coffee has told me he's going to edit this bad boy. I'm I don't make know, it, it work. It may be. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. It may end up being so. If next week uh, it sounds like the intro song doesn't sound right, or the outro isn't good, or maybe the edit, maybe the, 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 the it might mean because I ended up having to edit the thing. But uh, hopefully everything is good, and, and Cole Coffee has no problem. We'll make uh, it work. Just getting his computer. That's and, how we do it. We'll make it work. That's it. That's how we do it. We're not 253 consecutive weeks, man. We're not stopping now. Surgery and hospitals ain't going to stop this. It ain't nothing, man. All right. Well, listen, uh, like I said, send good vibes, cold coffee's way. Um, hopefully, by the time most people are, are, are listening to this, uh, he'll be in the procedure or maybe, maybe done already. But, uh, yeah, hit the man up on Twitter or hit him up on uh, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, one way or another, we'll have episode 254, and I bet we'll even try to – check in with you <laughs> we'll see and, ho- and hopefully tell your family to roll some tape when you're when you're coming out uh, of the, the, the anesthesia man i want to i want to hear you hitting on the nurse or something like that i was afraid i might do some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> of course you will uh, of course you will all right cold coffee's gonna be fine we'll see everybody next week in the meantime thanks for listening 